for listening to Musicians and Beyond, where we bring you the backstage info on the life, lyrics, long journeys of the music industry. Today's episode number three is brought to you in honor of the Matt Pessia Memorial Fund. Matt was a wonderful person and fantastic family man. He was a victim of the COVID-19 pandemic at the young age of 51. Check out www.mpmf carshow.org to donate any amount possible and to find out about a fundraiser and car show in his honor. That's going to be July 17th in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. So welcome to episode three. Today we have a very special guest who has been in the United States for about seven years. He's originally from Quebec, Canada. He's been a professional musician for over 25 years. He's played thousands of shows worldwide, including one for the president of France. He also has opened up for the Eagles tribute band, the Dark Desert Eagles, which you may know the lead from that, Pat Badger from the band Extreme. So without further ado, I am going to introduce this amazing musician, energetic guy, and lots of fun to be around. Welcome, Francois Simard. Hello there. Hello, Francois. Hi, guys. Hello, Francois. Welcome to Musicians and Beyond with Lahorn and Sarabian. We're so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate that. So we have a couple of questions for you to start us off. You play a numerous amount of instruments. Can you just give us a quick rundown of what you do play? Uh, I started, actually, it was uh, probably 13 years old with a guitar, you know. You want to please some girls and uh, just, like, learning the instrument and all the guys that I was playing in Quebec were playing, like, guitars and stuff. So I said, no, why not? My mom plays guitar since she was young, too, so it kind of influenced me uh, to play this instrument. And uh, if not during the shows, I do, like, harmonica. I play didgeridoo, too. I play mandolina, percussion a little bit, but mostly this is it. And I'm a singer. The basic instrument that I play, it's the voice, you know. Excellent. And you do have a nice voice, i got to tell you. It's perfect for this show and and perfect for singing. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have some fun today, Francois. So you do some uh, booking for other talents as well? Pretty new, actually. What I started to do, my my family started to invest some money with the Red's Group's Tavern. So they open, uh, as probably people know around, there's one in Salem. It's more sandwich place. Another one on uh, Newberry Street uh, in Peabody. And uh, we opened the one in Seabrook in uh, during the pandemic last year. So um, my father-in-law got to be like an invest an investor in, in that uh, in that endeavor, and uh, they wanted to turn that brand with musicians with live music. And uh, this is where I came in, kind of like in the in the story of it. So now we're booking like I mean I am booking eight eight show a week uh, oh. for those two places, Seabrook and uh, and Peabody. And uh, eventually next year we just sign a, a new uh, a new place in Hampton Beach. So we're gonna be on the beach having bands there too. So I'm gonna probably like uh, end up like with 15 shows and 15 acts or artists like to book a week. So that will be year long. Still don't know about Hampton Beach how this is gonna work if it's gonna be like winter as well, but probably like weekends and something like that. So uh, that keeps me busy with my own show. So, but I appreciate that it's really new, as I said, because I never did that. I booked myself a lot. I work with some producers or like a booking company in Montreal back there. But uh, mostly I was that was me. I had my my own music like company too. So I was kind of like you know operator of my uh, own own boat in many ways. Nice. So you have a lot of booking to do, 
And if there are any musicians listening to Musicians and Beyond right now and they think that they are good enough to be on stage, how would they get in touch with you to uh, book with you? That's that's an easy way. Uh, you just like do uh, redsmusicmanagement at gmail.com and you send me some links and your beautiful, beautiful smile and we, we checked you out and, you know, a beautiful smile. That's, that's what you need. <laughs> that it is. Yeah. Excellent. I'm glad that I saw that I had a, I, I was on Drew Mulholland's show a couple of months ago and I didn't know we were, we were having like, that was a TV, a TV oh, yeah. radio show. So I was, that well, now. we're not yet, but we're going to work on it. But we're so. going to, yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so I'm glad you can cut all the bad things. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's the beauty of this. That's the beauty of it. So before we go any further, Reds. Do you know anything about the story? I always wondered who is Red. Uh, Red again. It's I'm, I'm here since a year and ish. I don't want to like uh, just tell like, the wrong story. But, yeah, <laughs> but I know I know the, the Drivas family, but the Salem building and the uh, let's say the, the history of it like a long time ago. I know it's like 35 years in oh, Peabody, wow. so it's kind of like they're they've been there forever. Okay. And uh, with the continuity of, of my family being involved with that, I think it's it's such a great like mix because they get along super well. My father-in-law and John and John Drivas, but but me in the mix, we we I think we do a, a really great team by building the one in Seabrook, and it's got it it's becoming like something really like unexpectedly like really good for me, but for for them too, it's kind of like it wasn't planned at all. When you open a business like that during COVID, you need to be a little crazy, right? You but you have to be. You know what saved us? Live music. Nobody had live music anywhere. It's in New Hampshire. Laws were a little different than Massachusetts. Yeah. We hope in that in the middle of the crisis, the world crisis, the biggest one since the, what is like 1918 or something like yeah. that, and we're still there, and we're opening an, another one. And the people that I realized that they're really loyal to the people that are standing straight for the re for the real reasons. We hope in that for of course it's a business, but also to give people a place where they can play and they can hang out, having what they love which is live music. Who doesn't like music? I mean, they're not my friends. If they don't like music, they're not my friends. <laughs> here, here. That's for sure. Well, it's, I am surely your friend. Yeah, you, <laughs> with your Taylor t-shirt, I'm sure that you are. Yeah, right rock and roll. Yeah. Rock, rock and, and roll, roll, baby. <laughs> One follow-up question to that. Yeah, um, yeah, please. You know, we learned something at the beginning of the show talking before we went on air, and we're not dropping names and you're not dropping names, but you mentioned your father-in-law. I think the audience that we have here in Boston, a lot of hockey players, a lot of hockey fans, all my kids are hockey players. Um, I know a lot of your family and, and, and I know your father-in-law and all of his friends and teammates. So I think the audience would like to know who is your father-in-law? My father-in-law, it's Ray Bork. <laughs> You the big right seven time. seven. The big seventy seven. And so, how did you be, get to know the family? Was it here, or did you meet them up Actually, in Canada? Actually, it's. I'll do it short. My my wife was on a road trip with her aunt and uncle in um, on the south coast of Quebec, uh, going like you know New Brunswick, Gaspésie, and all that spot. And they were coming back by the North Shore. The last day, they stopped by. I was uh, as I mentioned, like off air. I'm a. I study wine, and I've been beverage manager like for a, a lot of years in my life, and I was playing at that place called Bootlegger. It's a speakeasy built by a guy from Pennsylvania during the Prohibition where they were selling booze illegally, and the restaurant is hiding in the Hathic, and you have the view on the beautiful UNESCO National Park, and I was bartending, and I was playing music, and I had a couple of hats. That's probably the reason why I like hats. I don't know. But I was a great, great 
great spot for me to this is where I met the girl the the, the one of the minister that brought me in France to play for the, the Prime Minister of France when I had did that showcase for Sony, BMI, Universal, and whatever. And she she tried to call before and we're busy. We're open we were open like let's say 125 days a year. It's 20, 30,000 people yeah. during those days. It's like 160, 170 pe pe people every night. And finally, we got a cancellation and she came in. And uh, fate, fate had its way. Man, it's just crazy. It's just like unexpected. A girl from Boston. And again, like, please don't throw any rocks. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a sport guy at all. But I knew Ray Borg. It's like if you don't, if, it's like you Gila Fleur thing, just like... He here, just here. passed away last God week. God rest his soul. Also, but you know, I knew my, I knew my leads. You know, my yeah. the big guys, <laughs> and I just sat at the table. They wanted like uh, a bottle of wine, and the other, the hunt wanted a uh, like a, a Pinot Noir. The other one wanted a Sauvignon Blanc. So the waitress grabbed me, saying like, "Yeah, they need help." So, so I sold the two bottles, yeah. and I brought some shots, and we dance at the end of the night. And here I am. I live in the U.S. It's been seven years now, and Good I didn't you. have anything like again like. I'm the I'm the kind of the in a good way the black shielded family. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. Well, I don't man. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, but I can definitely see that. Well, you know, but it's just like who doesn't like music? And Ray told me many times said, you know, not having that talent of playing hockey. My best thing that would have been like doing if I had the talent is being a musician. You know, again, everyone loves music, you know, and I know an artist and stuff like that. It's just kind of hard and just like, but you need to do your thing, you know, but artists, it's, it's an amazing life if you work hard to do what you want to yeah. do and like everything, but I feel hard. It's a kind of like the perception of it. People have a, always a different perception, but I think it's a great thing. So but we love each other. That's the best part of it. Yeah, that's the best part of it. Absolutely. And I'm well surrounded. Now I have beautiful girls and stuff, so life can change in a dime. That's great. Does she know how lucky she is, Francois? Uh, I think she does. Yeah. Because I tell her how lucky I am every day. I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm I sure do. you do. Not only are you a good musician, but you're a lot of fun to be around. We had met a couple weeks back through a mutual friend at a music venue, and we had a lot of fun into the night, actually into the... Early morning when the morning. manager nicely said, okay, I don't care that you are with the band Extreme or with the whole band The Darkness, including yeah. Justin Hawkins. Yeah. Uh, could you please leave? And we had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and that just like that, it well, was thank, over. Thank you. And in the same time, <laughs> because I had a, a little bit of a headache the day, but the day after. <laughs> Sometimes you can appreciate that call. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank yes. you, bro. <laughs> thank you, but yeah. What took you so long? Good night. Exactly. Oh, that was a great night, though. Yes, it was. It was. It was It was amazing to hang out with the darkness. I mean, a lot of people in the U.S. aren't familiar with who they are. They are like crazy, awesome musicians. Yeah. Uh, Justin was on uh, The Masked Singer not oh, too sure. long ago. In for those that don't know that show, he was the chameleon, and uh, it, what a character he is! Reminds me a little bit of of Gary Sharon, yeah. crazy on stage, and just a true gentleman. Have a one on one with them, so it was nice to spend time with them and and get to meet them. And uh, believe it or not, Justin reached out to me by text a couple of days afterwards. But he's uh, gonna gonna be on this show, Musicians and Beyond. So I can't oh, wait really? to get him on. Oh, that's awesome! But, yeah, Good for you. That, that's Good cool. For you, that's awesome. That's cool. You know, we get some We're big really names on here. We get we got friends. The stage was really quiet at the bar, though. 
Oh, yeah. really? Oh, my yeah. gosh. I mean, the stage, I was like, <laughs> I was trying to just like, you know, imitating him. Like, he does like stuff with legs. He's a mix with like, uh, I don't know, like, it's it's like Journey and Led Zeppelin. Yeah, it's quite, a, interesting, quite an interesting combo. Right? Something it's quite like an interesting that. combo. What a voice, though. Crazy. Who was your greatest influence? Uh, I, I was just killed me. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard, you know. I always tell almost the same answer because... I'm French-Canadian. We are influenced by so much. Being like neighbor from the U.S., obviously all the music from the U.S. is a big influence, but also being French, I have all the French music, all the Italian music. 30% of the province is Irish or Scottish. So worldwide influence. As much as I mentioned, like didgeridoo, I like like really like roots, percussive like music or or jazz. Or I study classical like singing for in private for six years. I love Pavarotti. I love like Nessun Dorma. I have so many different influence from really well-known artists like Sting, Elton John, but also from guys from from Australia like John Butler that I really love or Xavier Rod. It's so eclectic, my, my, my music that I play, even in a set that I play, because now I do, I do mostly cover because I'm also a songwriter like we talked before, but I haven't been writing any songs for so long, but I kind of like read discovering who I am as a, as a songwriter and musician, which is a, it, it's a good thing because it's a spiritual journey that you're doing. You know, as an artist, you're giving something as an energy, as a gift to someone that can receive it. But the way you want to be perceived by others, it's really important, but it started it start inside of you. So all those influence that I had in my entire life are still here and they, they're growing in different ways by aging, by getting wiser, by changing a country. I changed my entire life. So my influence right now are still there that I had before, but now the one that I have now are stronger than ever because that I have been because all the blues, all the rock and roll, everything is from the U.S. and I'm being surrounded by different musicians, different friends that I didn't have before. It's it plays a big role in with who I am as a person also, but as a, as a musician, obviously, it's like so intrinsically like together, like glued together. That, that's an awesome answer, Francois. And I, yeah. uh, you know, you said you do songwriting and you've been away from it for a while. What took you from that? Why did you take a break in uh, such a long period of time? I haven't been surrounded by the right people to record those songs. I always write papers, ideas, stuff that I have. I have books and piece of papers, post it. Even now, it's just like crazy. My wife laughs at me. Some people will do books, but I have books. I have a mini studios on my cell phone. I have like a post-it. I have like post-it <laughs> all together because I had to post it one, two, three, four for ideas. One day I might stuck them, stick them together. I wrote like four songs like during like, I have a, new, a girl that's two years old. So I wrote a song for her. That's the last one I wrote. And uh, it calls like letter for you. But as a young artist, you want to throw things on a paper and please people. When you get older, you want to please yourself, but you also want to give purpose to what you're doing. That is such an interesting perspective because it, we, we interviewed a friend of ours from Nashville the other day and we asked him this question and he went right down the same road you did and he came back to the same thing you just did. Right. As a young artist, he was looking to write that number one song, looking to please the audience yeah. part of his career. He only wants to write for himself and make himself feel good about what he's yeah. putting on paper. Yeah. The, so interesting. You, I think this, your song will suffer if your soul and heart is not inside of it. Even if it's a hit song, why do you like a song? Why? 
people don't even know. Right. But if I ask you the reason why you might know because you love music or John as well, but there's a vibration that you create through a music that you transfer on the paper, on the microphone, everything is picking up the vibe that you, that's why here, here. you probably listen like all those documentaries of music and all the engineers are saying the same thing. I can tweak your voice. I can tweak your musicians. I can tweak the pace of it, the tempo, but I cannot, I don't have a passion button. Mm -hmm. I don't have a, like a love button. I cannot add anything. Even if you have a $5 million studio, you don't have that button on your, on your mixer. It's you. That's why it goes what I said before. I'm working in the spiritual path of being that musician that I want to become. So the microphone will pick up the vibration that you will like, obviously, but I want you to like me for the right reason. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so that true. Is. It's so true. You can, when some, someone sings, you can hear if they mean what they're singing or yeah. saying, yeah. or if they're just up there throwing words out because that's what they think people want to hear. But Why do you like Stephen Perry? He's a crazy voice. That's a one thing. But the microphone was his. Why do you like Queens? Freddie Mercury was Freddie Mercury. Nobody wants to replace Freddie Mercury. But why? There's a reason why. As, at a point, at the guy was becoming the song. Because it's like, if even if someone else wrote the song for you, it doesn't matter. You have to personify it. But you have to hone it. That's yeah. yours. That's what I do with all the covers that I do. People like laugh at me because they call me the black swan. I do a lot of things with the looping and the drum and I transfer my guitar to a bass. And I, because my band, I used to play 150 show a year. Now I'm alone. I'm starting to play with some friends. And eventually I want a band. I need a band. But I want to put my spices in my spaghetti sauce. So it will taste like I want you to taste in the music that I play. It's important. You have to put your own thing in it. I hone that song because it's mine when I play it. Basically. Love that answer. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's, he's, talking to, he's talking to my heart through food <laughs> and through music. <laughs> With spaghetti sauce. I had everyone from spaghetti sauce. You got me. And you talked a little bit about tequila earlier, I understand. Yes, we did. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Allegedly. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Great. Which is my, my, my go-to. Okay. I do. Yeah, my yeah. wife as well. Did you learn that evening out with, did you learn that about him, John? No. The evening yeah. um, I don't know if we got to that. I think it was just uh, by coincidence that that all played out the way it was. And Interesting. Yeah. There's it was, no coincidence. That's true. that's true. That is true. <laughs> that's another truth. Everything happens for Should a reason. Brother drum. Like, yeah. You, know? <laughs> you did it well enough. You did it well. <laughs> I, do my, I do my own soundtrack by myself. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, I've seen some of your videos of you up there uh, owning the stage, just killing it, Thank you. getting that crowd involved. I mean, just recently you played for the Dark Desert Eagles yeah. and uh, you rocked the house. I mean, just that was awesome. I've been high for a week and a half after that. Again, I, I used to play a lot more big, bigger show with COVID with one year when I landed here, like couldn't work. So was waiting for the, you know, USCIS paper legalities and stuff. It's been like, let's say four years that I'm restarted uh, artists, an artist's life yeah. from scratch, but my entire life as well at the same time. I'm really happy of what's happening to me right now. You know, it means a lot before. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you deserve it. Like you said, nothing's a coincidence. You've met some, some really big musicians and they've really taken to you. They've really been so good to me. And, you know, I wish sometime that I would, I would, I'm not talking bad about Canada or Quebec, but sometime I wish that I could have been here 15 years ago, you know? Because, like, again, universe is never late. Things are at the same place, at the right place where they, where they should, they're supposed to be. 
but the the journey that I'm that I'm starting right now with the people that surrounding me, I see a bright future. I see a bright future for myself, and I'm 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 proud of catching the balls that life are throwing to, at me. And I'm a bit I'm able, and I'm willing, and I'm I'm trusting life and people around me. So I'm I'm really happy about it. It it it's meaningful again. It needs to mean something, and you know when you're ready. The teacher appears, right? Yep, absolutely. So I'm thinking it that way. I mean, for the short time I've known you, I feel it. I mean, you just give off the aura. You have that U2 look. You got that fancy hat and these, you know. Uh, and a fantastic vibe. And just a, a really cool vibe. You know, high-priced high uh, sharkskin <laughs> suit over here. <laughs> that's, yeah. Pat, that's Pat Best's uh, best one. He said, can I borrow that for a photo shoot? <laughs> right? No, uh, I mean, you have a great vibe. You, you just... You can tell that you mean what you say. That's the only thing you can do. That's the only thing you can do. And I'm not like throwing names, but Sting in a, said something once. He hit me in the face like a baseball bat. He said, you better be yourself because everything else is already taken. Huh. Isn't that interesting? That's an interesting <laughs> comment. And sure. people are afraid. That's, that, that blows my mind away. And I did it a lot. When you don't dig into who you are, feeding it. And enriching the persona that you are and the soul that you are, people are running away from that by copying or trying to be someone else, something else in every every like sphere of their life. And when you have, you know, when you say like you have golden bars in front of you and you just have to just like bend the knee and, and pick it up, that's you. You are that golden bars. People are blinded by their own fears, and I don't blame them. I, we all do. It's meaningful because you decide to be meaningful, because you choose that path. It's like being happy. It's a, it's a choice, people are saying. But being alive like that and being really like responsible of, your, of what you do and feeding who you are, that's why there's people that are bigger than life. If you ask the guy, like there's some people say, oh, they have a big nose. What would you do? Say, I would have a bigger nose because like <laughs> that's my personality. This is who I am. You know, yeah. it's just like it's just you just take everything in and make it yours. You know, people are afraid of that. But you realize that like later, maybe in life or earlier in life. But when you got this, don't let it go. This is where the freaking bank is. This is golden. This is who you are. So this is why people receive everything that you throw at them because it's genuine. They don't feel that phony shit, you know, around. No, but it's true. It's like, and when more you become that person, more you, more you can, more, more, you, I mean, more you are that person, more, a lot of people like that they stick to you the same as you. They want that. You want to want to be real and genuine around. So you're surrounding yourself or you don't even make any effort. It just stick to you. Like a magnet. It's amazing how we attract we are and what we are, you know? You know, the more we speak to musicians and, and artists, the very same thing Eric Haynes, our friend from Nashville, he spoke the same thing that you just did about the way it touches people, about it, its, its own language, and you have to be genuine. You have to feel it and you have to own it, and it's exactly what Eric said. So the deeper you get into the industry or you get into your craft, and I guess that you feel that more and more. Totally. It's craft. You said it, the yeah. word, but craft, it's your own business. You are your own dot com. Yeah, true. If it makes sense for the. It does. You know, if it makes sense to me, it's going to make sense to a lot more sure. people. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. No, nope. but it's just like <laughs> you are your own business. Just like take care of everything about who you are every day. Just like wake up. And there's a guy, Justin Peterson, that like is a crazy big like uh, talker like in, in Quebec. I'm not in Quebec, in Canada more. He's from Toronto. I started to listen to this podcast. It's amazing how empowered you are after you realize what we talk about, about your own self. Oh, absolutely. Empowering yourself by grabbing the power that you have back. Who cares who you look, what you look like? Who cares what you do? If you cannot please everyone. I didn't understand that before. How stupid it is. You cannot please everyone. You know why? Because you don't want to. Because you don't have to. Because the people, they don't like you. They don't like you because they do not resonate with the genuine person you are or that vibration that you, that you throw You're out there. Out. You don't want them as a fan. Right. They're going to boo you on stage. You want the people, they come and cheer you on the stage, right? Let's say if we talk about music. Energy to energy. Energy and friendship is the same thing. Yeah. Business for, is the same thing. So if you treat everything that way, you'll be up here, I say. Yeah. That's why I'm working. I had a lot, a lot, a lot of shit that was going on. And I worked on it. And my music is just getting better because of that. Good for you. So That's you're sick. doing music because you love it. Yeah. And it's even you, stronger you, than that. Yes. You, you feel it. I, I mean, no some choice. people want to be the quote unquote rock star. Yeah. It I doesn't sound it like y you do, but I you too, but that's, that's not my, that's not my, my, my engine. That's but, not what drives me. You but you want to do it. You want to do it because you're so passionate about it and you love it. And you know that what you write or sing is making a difference to other people. I've been told that, you know what? I'm on the other side of the, the I mean, I'm not on the other side. I'm right there, but it's just like, you know, when people are telling you things, Sometimes you're just like, oh, thank you, but you don't, you don't know how deep it is, you know? I wrote a song one day, and the girl said, my, father, my brother just, like, passed away, just, like, took his life. And she was, like, saying to me, I've been listening to your song over and over and over and over and over. And I was, like, probably 24 when she told me that. I didn't know what she meant. Today, I think I know better, but I still don't know how important it is for other people when they really love an artist. Why the Beatles were so crazy? Why Pink has so many people that are following her? Because they are genuine again. And it means something for them. Right. So I'm sure there's a song that you've heard that really touches you. And it sounds like the story you just told us, you know, did the opposite. You were emanating a song that really touched someone, which as the artist, that must be pretty cool. That was cool, but it's, it comes with a, a weight, you know, it comes with a, you need to be careful about that because if you have that power in hands, that's why you need to be really genuine and true right? and real because it can change pe people's life, of course, but you want to change them for the good, you know? Otherwise, you get, you're giving out disinformation, right? You want to no, share you, something. You know, when they talk about, you know, sometimes it was like almost a religious show or concert. Why? Because people are so intrinsically close together that it becomes almost a shamanic experience. You know, it's kind of like having like a tribe of Aboriginal people on a trip or something like that. Or like, it, this is what music do. It's, it's a vibration. So it's, that's what I want to do. I want to give people something that I am for real so they can connect for the real reason as well. That's why I don't want to have everyone. I just want to have the real ones or the good ones for me, That's not the real cool. ones. Everyone is real if they want to be real. But the real fans, I want them. That's why I'm working on this every day, being nice, being genuine, being who I am, telling the truth, 
My words are gold, so I'm trying to tell the right thing, not being rude with anybody, just kind of simple rules, but you go that brings you like far. That goes like a long way. Yeah, it really does. Do I talk too much? No, <laughs> no, no. We, lo- we love but you talking. The reason, <laughs> you, I, the reason you, I ask the questions the way I do, yeah. and because they lead you down this road and yeah. you go off on tangents, and that's what we want. We want you to answer the question, but it brings you to somewhere else. Yeah. So these are just points that we found that when people answer, they tend to come out and talk a little bit more about you know more about what what it really means to them, mm-hmm. and that's that's the best in the world. That's and that's what I do. like also about talking that way because I talk imagine the way the thing's gonna going to develop or how it's going to be what I told tonight today. I said, be yourself, you know, yeah. because I get nervous, like, like hell before shows and stuff like that. Less than before, but sometimes just get, but just like, yeah. Talking with you, I can start to understand why you like to didgeridoo. It's one of those vibratory instruments, right? It sends something to you when, when, when that's played, you feel it, right? It's a very percussive yeah. bass type, right? It's one of the first instrument in the world. Yeah. Right. So that, that tells you something about it, right? And it, can tell, it tells us something about you and why you like it and why you enjoy it. Yeah. So when we talk about instruments, tell me about a lyric that might have touched you. What, what, is there a special lyric that you've sung on stage or, or written that, that you've taken to a different, or takes you to a different place? It's so hard. It I is. I don't know, I know why it's so hard. It's just asking <laughs> oh, it, me, what's it your favorite artist? Uh, my favorite artist. My lyrics, there's so Francois many. Francois Samad. This. That's... My answer now. I have a tattoo right here on my shoulder that it's it's a song that I wrote. It says like um, I'll say it in French. I'll I'll tell you the like kind of that example like how to translate it in English. It's, en pleine odeur de fin du monde, c'est bien le temps qui fait le monde. It's like even if it's war, even if it's falling, everything is falling apart, or the sky is falling on your bombs from the sky. This is what builds you. This is what makes who you are through, no, I don't want to say pain or like, but it's more like through, through things that happen to you. It's like, do you, do you go through time or time go through you, through you? It's what do you do with what you have, you know, and all the experience that, that, are, that are coming through your life that builds you. It's like, you don't make mistakes. Mistakes are making you at the same time, you know? That's a quote that I, a song that I was on radio in Canada long, 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 long time ago. Yeah, but there's so many different that's why also I stopped writing songs. There's so many good writers. Oh, God, yeah. And they, they're saying stuff through their words that I have trouble to even imagine myself, but they're expressing exactly what I think better than I do. So why would I bother? Right. This is why. Interesting. Well, what's pretty interesting is, like Mark said, he referred to our friend Eric Haynes. Eric kind of touched on the same thing, and he said... He said something to the effect that you don't have to be the best songwriter in the world. He said, you have to be believable. When you get up on stage and you're singing to the crowd, you could be the best songwriter in the world and just kind of deliver it to them. Or you could be a mediocre plus songwriter and really make them believe it. And you're going to touch them a little bit more than the other. Tom Petty, Neil Young, not big singers. And when they were singing, Bob Dylan, same thing. How can you believe, not believe a guy with like a white paint on his face? They did like a, I don't know, many hundreds shows and stuff, but I'm not a big fan, but I cannot go like walk away from that truth of that guy. They believed it so much. You get crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The truth, it's the truth. is crazy. Sometimes you cannot run from that. You need to use that bag of energy. You need to dig in it. You have to tap into it, you know? And it gets like crazy, like Elton John costume with their Donald Duck. 
<laughs> but it's creativity. You cannot walk away from that. If you don't believe the guy that goes on stage, there's 50,000 people costumed with the Donald Duck or with like the feathers and that, all that stuff, it's because you, there's something missing. The, the thing right now, I would say with the music industry, it's like aseptize, fit, in, the cor- fit in, 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 in a box. And if you don't fit in the box, unfortunately you don't fit. But it's, it's less and less true because like with the all like media, social media and uh, all the technology that we have, it, you know, there's two sides to a metal, but I feel that just like, you know, what I think that's the most crazy part is like there's so many talented artists out there, way better than what we hear on the radio, way better, like, like stratosphere, way better, that you have a feeling, you hear the music and you feel something not only a on a beat and some lyrics, napkin songs, I call them, you know? It's fine if you want to dance and stuff, but if, again, you want to go through a purpose of a song, it's something that's meaningful to you and a billion people, I'm sorry, you need to work a little harder than that. Here, here. Hallelujah, but this is it. This is it. It needs to, that's why I love the 70s so much, because they were like a multitude of, of, of a palette of, color of music of creativity now they kill the creativity with a box have you have you tried to feel like to to fit a rectangle in a triangle it's freaking hard because it doesn't belong together don't try to box musicians this is where they do not belong musicians or artists are free when you let them be so let the music be what it should be for people because you have more choices Because if you have only two chocolate bars in this convenience store, you won't bother. You will just grab the one you see oh, that's okay. That's exactly the public right now. They have, they think they have multiple choice, but they don't have that much choice at the end, I feel like. And if you have like a 12,000 different chocolate bar, you have a lot of choice so you can pick. So it means, it means more variety for the musicians, more people on stage, more people in your ear, more vibration and more stuff. It's kind of like a too much of a control thing. If you don't fit, musicians mostly don't fit, but they try to fit them anyways in you here, so you're stuck with that. So you keep learning. It's like a, almost a kind of manipulation, audio manipulation. But music, this is not all, this is not what it's all about. There's no manipulation about music. Music should be and has to be free to live, to be. That's my point of view. It's really a really deep point of view, but it's a, a humane point of view of what music should be. I think or we all of us as a listener, but as a, as, as a musician. Too. Absolutely. And I think the industry will have to learn that it has to be cyclical and come back around to where we, at some point the labels and all the studio producers and executives are going to have to come around and realize we have to change this. We have to get outside of this box and get back to what we're supposed to be doing. But they're getting pushed in the, in the butt right now because there's a lot of people, they're getting independent and so many things are happening that they have no control on right now. So <laughs> ciao bello. Yep. You know, it's just like. I love that. If you eat French fries, do you like ketchup or mayo? Both. <laughs> I love it. Both. That's kidding the first me? time so anyone's And first, like, it's French fries. I, I always laugh because they call it French fries. In, in, in Quebec or France, they call it frites, you know? Frites. French fries, but you know the, the, the French fries are from Belgium. So as well, but we, people look at me sometimes here with ketchup, it works. But when I ask, like, can I have some mayo in my French fries? A lot of people are just like, oh, he's probably not from here. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> You're so, either from somewhere else or Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, yeah. Or Pennsylvania. <laughs> I love it. And I can't help myself but saying, 
Hey. Hey. Uh, that, that's the, that's the, we don't, we don't say what we say. Huh? Hey. Yeah. Hey. That's kind of Cajun. What the Quebec has a big, like Cajun, like kind of roots because of like, obviously New Orleans people like closer from us, but that's an interesting, uh, not dialect, but accent. That oh, we have. very much so. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I miss it. I miss to laugh in French because I haven't oh. been home for three years, oh. three years and a half. What does a French laugh sound like? If you knew all my crazy friends in Quebec, you would know. Like right away, we get like so crazy. I don't know. There's there's an ease of life and a and a joie de vivre in Quebec that we, with my friends they're all crazy or musicians or really like uh, interactive, like socially fun to hang out with yeah. to hang out with. But uh, it's just like you know talking your own language, your own culture with the friends that you know for 20 years. It's like, and I love the people like I'm like you that we met or Mark now, but it's just like, I, I don't, I have, I have good friends for a long time. Some Great. friends I have like them since like 30 years and they know me since forever. So when we get together, we don't talk, we just laugh because we just like, I have so many inside and stuff to talk about. And I miss laughing in French. I can't wait to go back home though. I understand that. Yeah, that's great. So talking about going at home and being on the road and being in different places, do you have a favorite venue that you like to play? The Blue Ocean, that was a great, it's a great spot. Uh, the, uh, the North Shore Theater is great too. I really, I really enjoyed that, that night. It's kind of, that was needed. You know, after COVID and everything, I jump on stage in the big state where a thousand people and people cheering in that place was was really great. Actually, it's a very communal spot. Yeah, yeah. you feel like everyone is sitting on stage yeah. almost because it's you know they're almost very intimate surrounding yeah. you. But you know, again, I don't have like a lot of of places, big big stages. But you know, I play at Reds uh, a lot. I played like for the sea levels. I played like oh my gosh, there's so many places. Brody's like uh, around like in the Stonehenge. Uh, it's a great. It was a great place too to play. Uh, but yeah, I'm getting my goal. It's to get on bigger stage, like opening hacks a lot more. You know before I get like into a uh, band or maybe festival and stuff. That's my goal. Yeah, maybe getting like more on good festivals. So I was gonna ask it, yeah. that, that you, you kind of went to that direction and then you took it exactly where my next question was. Yeah. Are you, you're a performer on stage, who's behind you? For now you there's on? nobody because I'm a solo, but I kind of like COVID brought everybody and me at the same time to reconsider and reorganize your life or the things that we're doing you will do it differently so now i started by ed sheer and i saw sheer in a couple of years at the garden so it was just like blown away by twelve thousand people yelling at a guy with a guitar with a right. looping machine right and the tech changing guitar i was like that's crazy and i do like again i do it my way but i really loop my stuff right now i have a pedal hey I have a pedal, like that drum pedal, uh, like an octaver. Uh, I changed my guitar, acoustic guitar, to an electric guitar. So everything kind of like, I developed a new style, kind of like the Phoenix. I just like rebirthed my hashes after all that. So that's what I do right now. So with the vocal and stuff. But again, I wish that I, w I can have like venues that also can afford bands at a price like a decent price to i mean this is another thing i want to say like pay your musician guys please give them a little more money something because like playing for 150 it's okay but it doesn't bring a lot of food on the table you know or just like you know and they're worth it it's not a show that you play for two hours and a half it's a show that you've been playing for 20 years learning your craft you know 
you don't ask your lawyers, oh, did you learn like your your song yesterday? The lawyer have been to school, they spent two hundred thousand dollars, and now they, you know, they they're defending you in court. Nobody has that, but the musicians like, um, you know, you'll see the. But yeah, it's you, something that you I hear it every doing. night in in every local bar and where a musicians up on stage, either on a stool or in front of a band, and someone in the band will always say, "Tip your service, tip your bartenders." Yeah, it comes from the band. Someone needs to say it back. Go up yeah. there, throw something in the bucket for the band, take yeah. care of the band, help them make their way through the journey. Yeah, and I, again, like I'm trying to pay the musician like the, the the best we can with the budget. I understand everyone has a budget, but you know what? It's just like if you pay them a little bit more sometime, you know what? They'll play better. We all know people that own these venues. They're making a lot of money. The servers, their waitresses, and their staff are struggling along with the artists. Give a little bit back. Yeah, I agree. Totally. totally. It's important. We're there for playing music to please people, and people love it. So that's why that's why we kept us alive in Seabrook. Music, live music. It's not only small venue. It's it's you know before Aerosmith goes to their tours, it's like you know how much it costs to go for a tour for Aerosmith. They're paying a lot of money too yeah. to get. You know they'll make a lot of money, but how much it costs to get where they are? And yeah, they're either gonna make money for the last three, four, five shows at the end, maybe on on fifteen. You know. It's a lot. It's crazy. It costs a lot of money. If you could be on stage with anybody, who would you like to perform with? Me, guys. I love putting you in this painting in the well, corner. You know what? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say something. It's just like uh, it's. It's not like I feel. Since I'm here, there's something's gonna happen with Steven Tyler. I have no idea why, and I'm really throwing this like. You know, before I met Pat, I was playing on Plum Island for the, the Plum Island Festival, and my friend just threw me, like, saying, like, hey, there's a guy that I want you to meet. How did the odds I can plan something like that? It just happened. So you you can put things in the air, in the universe, and this is not yours to plan how it's going to work. But, I mean, there's, there's something that I would like to do. Like, yeah, da, 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 you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I like, can see you up there yeah, doing yeah, that, kid. Don't be nice, you know? <laughs> But, you know, something like that, or Sting, that'll be amazing, or Bono, obviously. But just, that, again, there's so many great, like, mm. crazy, Elton John will be, will be, like, out of this world, you know? Just playing a song, or even Pink. I watched that documentary about Pink, like, probably five times. Or the 20 Feet from Stardom for the backup singers. Have you seen that? Probably the same thing. Lisa, Lisa Fisher. Yes. What a singer. I mean, if she listened to that, can we sing a song together? I mean, she is something else. I've been crying just watching her sing. It goes back to she believes in it so much. It's undeniable. This is what it is. When you suck the air out of a room by playing super soft in a crowd of, let's say you have, even if you have 100 people or 5,000 or 50,000, when you suck the air out of a room and people are listening, because you can force it. When it just happened because of you, I'm on my knees. Lisa Fisher, if you're listening, Francois Samard, ready to play, ready to sing. And I love a her. A big fan. She's a big, like, crazy human being. She's been touring for the Rolling Stones for, like, 15, 20 years. Incredible. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a great ride. Oh, yeah, I mean, this. I would ride that boat, too. The Steven Tyler thing might might not be too far off, either. I don't know. I'm I mean, going to the show at the uh, at September eight. Uh, I will be there with you, kid. Yeah. Yeah. So tell I'll me, be what, there what is your next show? Uh, I have a show in uh, Seabrook uh, this Friday, uh, eight o'clock in uh, Reds in Seabrook. I'm gonna play around like uh, a lot like uh, this summer. I have a lot of crazy like summer coming with a lot of private shows. Uh, I'm gonna be at a Shark in the Park too uh, in New Hampshire. 
uh, in July, if I remember well. And a uh, lot of good stuff, like fun stuff. So, And I took for the first time in my life, probably like July and, and the beginning of August, like off with my girls and just going uh, chilling around a little bit and stuff. Fantastic. I never did that in my entire life. Musicians are playing during the high times of the year, you know, and I got like uh, that opportunity to just like take uh, take some weeks and doing uh, some boating around like uh, from island and stuff like that. That's going to be awesome. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And I understand you, you do a lot of weddings and you do restaurants and yeah. open up for some pretty big bands and so forth. So, you know, consider Francois Samard for any of the venues that you have up and coming. Yeah, I'd love to. Absolutely. Thank you. You know, uh, before we wrap this up, Francois, do you want to give us a little uh, showing of your voice and, and see what you got? Just give us a little sample. When I love, where would you be now? Now, now, now. When I love, ooh, where would you be now? Wowzer. <laughs> Francois, you are one cool dude. <laughs> that was awesome. No warm up. No warm up. No, Someone's looking by the window saying, what the heck? That's our friend Ron Cox saying hello. <laughs> what the hell's hey, going on in that room? Yeah, people you can enjoy. You can check on my Facebook page, Instagram, like FrancoisSamard.com for the website or Francois Hart is singer, um, performer. So I'm all, uh, all over. So please come and see me play and, uh, Hope to see you guys around. That's awesome. We had a great time today. Thank you very much. Again, we want you to support the Matt Hesia Memorial Fund. So go to www.mpmfcarshow.org and send a donation. That will help the family out for all they're going through. Francois Samard. Francois, let me just add, before we walk out, on, on behalf of musicians and beyond, Lahorn and Sarabian, I usually say thank you for coming in and having a conversation with us. Thank you for coming in and talking with us. And I, I end it with a little note, but thank you for coming in and letting us feel your vibe. I, you know, the conversation's great, but there's a genuine feeling here. I also want to say thank you for being our friend. Thank you. Thank you for receiving it and having me. I mean, in both of us. Thank you so much and best of luck in the future, my friend. Thank you for being our friend.